Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. We're keeping this week's episode light, fun and fresh. At a time when we should be abiding by the rules, we reflect on times when we were rule breakers. We answer a listener's question about love in the time of COVID. And our celebrity natal chart this week is a director slash actor from a Netflix series we both love. Holly, I would love to start this episode by knowing one highlight of your week. Great question. Highlight of my week has been, do you know what? Discovering the Netflix series that I'm going to share as a record this week oh. truly shifted my vibe so much. You should have seen how excited I got. I was like running around the lounge room going, Trent, I can't believe I found this, but I'm not <laughs> going to give anything away until the recos. Oh, what a teaser. <laughs> what a teaser. Hang in, how folks. You? <laughs> yeah. um, what has been my highlight this week? Well, I had uh, natural wine delivered to my door last night, so that was a pretty good highlight. <laughs> amazing. Like, hashtag Byron Bay goals. Yeah, hashtag free home delivery. Hello. Um, so that was that was pretty much the highlight of the week, alcohol at my front door. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of silver linings in all of this that's going on. Lots Guys, there are so linings. many silver linings. Do you know what? I was lying in bed thinking of all the silver linings this morning, and one of them is that Batchy in Paradise is so soon, Jord. Yeah, but low light of the week, they've indefinitely postponed The Bachelor. Do you think they've isolated them all in the house? I don't think they started filming yet. Right. Because okay. the, the um, reunion special for Survivor is on next week and that's live and the, well, the finale is live as well. So Lockie couldn't be in the Batchy Mansion yet. Of course, of yeah. course. Okay. So I don't think they'd started filming and they're like, well, we can't start filming now. Imagine them filming The Bachelor but them all having to be a metre and a half apart. <laughs> Imagine the dating setups. We're actually going to talk about this a little bit later. We had a listener question about this and it's it's really quite interesting because Holly and I have been talking about what it's like to date at this time or whether or not you can or how long we can't, like all of that sort of stuff. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on as well. But let us talk about breaking the rules. Now, caveat, we are not encouraging you to break the rules at this time. Please be following the rules. But Holly and I, I said to Holly the other day, I was like, were you a good two shoes at school like did you always follow the rules because I definitely get the vibes that you did and she's like oh yeah absolutely I I was like the biggest nerd ever and never set a foot wrong I remember in primary school when I did my first ever naughty thing in year four and got like a warning which is kind of the equivalent to a detention I I was shattered I cried and cried and cried do you want to know what my first detention was for in primary school yeah I think I recently told you this story but it's such a good one there was a boy who loved me 
and he kept coming up to me. I was 10, and he kept coming up to me and saying, I want to have sex with you. Oh, was he also 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I was, like, really upset by it because it didn't feel comfortable for me. Mm. And at the time, I was in a a Dairy Farmers TV commercial. And so I was on TV at the time, and his mum came up to me and was like, oh, every night we have to rub the kiss marks of Brody's on the TV when he sees you. And I was just like, I hate him so much. Were you like, hashtag me too? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Back off, Brody. Seriously. Yeah, Brody. So to get my revenge on Brody, I one day had a pack of Ovaltinis and he asked for one and I said, yeah, and I rubbed it in the dirt and then I gave it to him. <gasps> Did he eat it? <laughs> yeah, and then my best friend told him what I'd done. And this actually came up in a kinesiology session with Zoe where I, she was like, one of your integration things is to rub a chocolate in the dirt and eat it. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> so that's of my first attention. Zoe gives you the wildest integrations. I never I get anything like that. I, I think she's bizarre. playing a joke on you, Hull. <laughs> probably. Probably just one big joke. Jord, what about you? Did you ever get detention at school? Um, yeah, I've definitely had detention. I don't know what it would have been for. I wasn't I wasn't a goody two-shoes at all, Okay. but I wasn't rebellious. Like I didn't go out of my way to do naughty things. You know, I just kind of wanted to, in terms of recognition from teachers and like the school itself, I kind of just slipped under the radar a lot. Ah, so you kind of got away with things? Yeah, but I wasn't doing anything particularly outrageous. I think I just, uh, I was, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I wasn't trying to be the best at everything, but which which I know surprises everyone because I'm the best at everything now. <laughs> no, no. I wasn't trying to be the best at everything, but I also wasn't the the kid who needed to rebel against any everything in order to get attention. Do you know what I mean? I get it exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I am a bit of a stickler for the rules. Like I I couldn't comfortably break the rules at school. I wouldn't feel oh. comfortable with that at all. I was so uncomfortable with breaking rules that I really had a moral dilemma with underage drinking when I was like 16, 17 and everyone was going to parties. I'd prefer to not go because I didn't want to be around underage drinking. Oh, really? I was that, that much of a stickler for the rules. Would you tell off your friends? Never. Oh, never, never, never. Like they could do whatever they wanted. And I've always been that way, even, you know, like zero judgment. But just for me, it made me – and. I'm, I'm getting better, but it makes me so uncomfortable when someone is breaking some kind of rule or law. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I'm definitely more lax now. I think yeah. when I left school and I didn't have the authority of school, I was a little bit more lax with the rules. Like I know growing up, my mum never enforced anything on me, which was probably to my detriment. Um, but I broke a lot of rules. Can you tell us the story of being on your L-platers? Because I've been hanging out for this. Yeah, so I had I'd actually finished school. I was, I was at uni. I was at uni at Macquarie University and we lived in Bondi. And mum used to go to work every day. I already had a car because my grandmother had given me her car. So even though I wasn't on my P's yet, I still had a car that I'd learn on. And mum had gone to work and my best friend Ruby and I were at home getting ready to go to uni and it took us on the bus, it took almost two hours to get there. 
but in the car it was only a 45-minute drive. And so I was like, I know how to drive. Why don't I just drive us there? Oh, my God. And Ruth was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, like it's fine. And so I put both of us in my 85 Corolla Oh my God. And took the L plates off <gasps> and drove us all the way to Macquarie University. So From Bondi. Yeah. So there's tunnels, there's freeways, there's like all this stuff. We make it. I mean, I had never even been on a freeway as an You're L kidding. Like I'd only ever driven around the suburbs of Bondi and Vaucluse. Like <gasps> this was insane. And my boyfriend at the time... I didn't, we didn't tell him either because I knew that we would be in deep shit if he knew. So the only people that knew were Rubes and I. We drove all the way to Macquarie. We got there. We, (laughs) we hopped out of the car and went to our, we had one lecture. That's all we had that day or a tutorial or something. We went to the tutorial and the tutorial's finishing and I'm like scrounging through my bag trying to find my keys. And I was like, where the fuck's my key? And I was like, Rubes, do you have my key? And she's like, no, couldn't oh. find my key anywhere. Went back to the car. The headlights were on <laughs> and my key was locked in the car. Oh my God. And it was an old shitty 85 Corolla and it had, thank fuck, it had those locks that sit at the top of the door under the window that you can lift up. Yes. So I was like, we need to break into the car. And I, cause I was like, I can't call my mom. I can't call Ed. We're going to have to break in. And Ruby's like, how the fuck are we going to break into the car? And I was like, I don't know. So we start walking. Oh, and also the headlights were on. So the battery's draining at this point. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's a race against time. So we're walking around. The campus, there's no one around. And I, we run into this like on-site electrician. And I was Convenient. Like, we were like young. I mean, we must have been barely 18. And um, I was like, hey, um, we locked our keys in our car. Can you help us get in? And he's like, how do I know it's your car? And I was like, oh, oh good point. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, you're just going to have to trust me. Oh and he God. goes, are the rego papers in the car? And I was like, <gasps> yeah, they actually, they were in the car, but they were regi- the car was registered to my grandmother. So I was like, uh, that's not going to help. And we have different last names. I was like, please, like, why, if I was going to break into a car, why would I break into this shitty 85 Corolla? Like, please. Anyway, so he found some electrical tape and he like weaved it through the window and he managed to pop the lock up. So we got in. Whoa. He had to um, jumpstart the car again because the battery had drained from the headlights being on. He's the hero we all need. Yeah. And then um, time was ticking because we'd been there hours past when we were meant to be there and I had to race my mum home because I was like, if mum gets home before me and the car's not there, we're fucked. Meanwhile, Ed's calling me on my mobile and he's like, babe, where are you? Like, I just got home from work. And I'm like, oh, we just, we're still at uni. Um, um. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so we hop back in the car and now I'm driving with adrenaline and I'm shit scared. And I just, oh, oh, it was so bad. And we got home, we beat my mum home by about 20 minutes and um, we got inside and I was just such a mess. And Ruby's like, you need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe 
Ruby let you do that? Because I just – is she goody-goody? No. Oh, she's rebellious. Ruby was in detention all the time. Okay. Did your mum ever find out? Never told mum. So let's hope she doesn't listen to them at all. But we, we ended up telling Ed because – both of us were so traumatized by the experience that we needed to get it off our chest. We <laughs> needed to confess. Yeah. Jord, that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's really bad because it's breaking the law. Yeah. <laughs> it's putting my best friend's life in danger and mine. Yeah. And also lying to my mother. One of my best friends who will go unnamed in this episode, not Leah because everyone's going to think Leah because I mentioned her the most. It's not Leah but one of my others. It must be Jess. She- <laughs> no comment. <laughs> this unnamed best friend was also on her else and decided to go for a joyride with a car full of friends oh. and ran into a retaining wall, smashed someone's brick wall. Like, to, oh, and it wasn't her car, it was someone else's car. Smashed the car, smashed the brick wall, did the very mature thing in paying it all off. And her parents never knew until I revealed it in her 21st speech. Holly, why did you do that? Because <laughs> I'm an asshole. Did you ask her permission? No. Oh, my God. I would hate you forever. You wouldn't be my friend anymore. <laughs> it was so, so great. Whose was... car was it? One of her mates from high school. She was in, like, year 10 at the time. Oh, my God. That's so dangerous and bad. What's with people driving on their L's and thinking it's fine to drive? I don't know. I mean, I would lose my shit if, like, uh, well, I don't have siblings who can't drive. They can all drive now. But, like, if my little brother or something had told me that he'd done that, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? It's pretty badass. So is that the only time you've broken the law? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure I've broken the law a lot of times. You know, like, I'm sure I've had... And not often. I just want to be very clear about this. I do not condone <laughs> drink driving, but I'm sure I've driven over the limit before. Mm. I've definitely sped before. Yeah. All of my law-breaking things happen in the car. Um, other than that, I mean, I, no, I don't think so. What about you? No, I feel very vanilla. Like I was going to share my most rebellious story about a night in Vegas, but it's not even rebellious because I was an adult and – Like it ended in the strip club, but that's not even bad. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us the story. That sounds fun. It is a fun story. So Jess and I went to Vegas and we had two nights. And the first night we had a list of the things we wanted to do in Vegas. We wanted to go to Caesar's Palace. We wanted to ride a mechanical bull. And should we end up in a strip club, we're like, oh, it'd be cool to experience our first strip club in Vegas. But that wasn't like a must do. So we go to Caesar's Palace and ask the bartender where we should go to ride a mechanical bull, and he sends us to Treasure Island. So we go to Treasure Island. Wait, wait, what's Treasure Island? It's one of the casino hotel places, and it's like pirate-themed but with this mechanical bull. Oh, my God. Can I just stop you there? Yeah. I'm so sorry. I don't want to make this about the crisis that we're going on at the moment. But can you imagine the money that's being lost in Vegas with the casinos not being open? Oh, my God, I didn't even think about that. Because they would generate billions of dollars. That's you know mental. Vegas would be eerie because, like, at nighttime it's so lit up and busy and now it's just, like, ghost town. Well, I mean, the whole of America's ghost town, right? Like, no one's in Times Square. Yeah, true that, true yeah. that. Wow. Sorry, continue with your story. <laughs> well, this is back in better times. <laughs> So we both had these dresses on 
that oh god here we go this is it's a very full-on story I wasn't wearing underwear with my dress because it was very very fitted nice but I brought undies in my bag and we wanted to ride this in case you wanted oh for an incident like this right so it actually came in handy but because we had to lift our dresses up to get on the bull like they were long dresses and your undies were showing they gave you these bloody communal britches which are like little mini short hot pants to wear on this bull anyway that everyone else had been wearing yeah it was oh my god that is so gross so gross so gross and this is like going against all of the rules of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So, <laughs> <laughs> now you bring that shit back with you. Um, we were riding the bull and there was this guy who was watching us creep mode 10 million, like yeah. total creep mode. Do you think that was his full-time job just to come every night and watch people on the mechanical bull? I think he was a bartender in Vegas and then he would come and watch the drunk girls on the bull. Correct. Anyway, we get off the bull. We've had our fun. And Jess is like, okay, we're good now. And I'm like, Let's go talk to Creep Guy. Were you any good at riding the bull? Because I've always wanted to do it and I thought, I reckon I'd be okay at that. I'd like to say we were great, but look, it was very hazy. (laughs) We fell off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, On another note, though, you can hire mechanical penises for hen's parties. That is disgusting. Like to ride really big ones. I would much rather hire a bull than a mechanical penis, (laughs) but sure. Gross. They're like pink and flaccid. Ew. Flaccid? <laughs> yeah, they kind of move. Oh. It's like an inflatable one. <laughs> you just took the tone of this show down a couple of notches. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I'm like, let's go talk to creep, mo- to creep guy. Jess is like, not a good idea. I'm like, great idea. Sit down, talk to Derek from Iowa. And he's like, and I said, all we wanted to do tonight, Derek, was ride a mechanical bull and go to a strip club. And he's like, okay, next minute, he's called the Stretch Hummer VIP service of Spearmint Rhino. Spearmint Rhino is the exclusive strip club in Vegas. Mm. We pile into this Stretch Hummer, me, Jess, and Derek from Iowa, pull up to the VIP entrance of Spearmint Rhino. I'm like, Jess, this is great. Beautiful, like, inside, very upmarket, very much, like, fancy pants. Derek was being creepo, but then this posse of really cool people walk in. And I was like, Jess, I want to be friends with the cool people. Did She's they look like, really wealthy? Yeah. And they were like, here, here, take this seat over here. Like, oh, Milton, yeah, yeah. you ended up being my best friend. But at the time, Jess was like, we don't know these people, Holly. We're in Vegas right now. Like, please. like, I'd be Jess. I'd just yeah. be like... Virgoing yeah. the shit out of it. Well, Jessie's Virgo, <laughs> I right? Know. Yeah, I know. she was like, like, what are you doing? But she's also Aquarius rising, so there's part of her, like, we have the most wild times together. Anyway, I'm like, I'm going to be friends with these people. Start talking to Milton, and as I'm talking to Milton, this other guy comes over, and Milton is like, oh, these girls are from Australia. And the guy was like, oh, do you guys know the brand Mink Pink? And we're like, Yeah. And he goes, I own it. And then he throws these dollar bills in the air and makes it rain over us. He literally, Jordy goes, I own it. And just like throws these dollar bills. It gets better. I think the funniest bit about that is like of all the clothing labels to own in Australia, Mink Pink is the last one I would imagine the the owner throwing dollar dollar bills everywhere. 
so wild. And then they've all landed everywhere. And there's a stripper who was giving one of them a lap dance. So she's gotten on her hands and knees, who's like grabbing all the dollar bills and shoving them into all of the pockets she can handle. And I'm getting my foot on the ground, still in conversation with Milton, thinking I'm very subtle, sliding dollar bills towards me, leaning over, picking them up and putting them in my wallet. While this street's me and this stripper just like foraging for dollar bills. How many dollar bills did you get? Well, I'll, I'll reveal the amount at the end of the story. So Jess and I needed to go to the bathroom at this point and I was like, Milton, can you please take care of my wallet with all my money and my passport in it? Left it with Milton, go into the strip club bathroom, which was incredible. Candy bars, lollies, makeup, like a person that washed your hands for you. It was fancy AF. And Jess was like, Holly, where's your bag? And I was like, oh, I left it with Milton. And a stripper walks out of the bathroom and she's like, do not leave your stuff with anybody here yeah so i run out to this like posse of they were they were like badass looking people right they they yeah it was like full on and milton's sitting there with my wallet in his lap waving at me going (laughs) do you guys want some sweet potato fries we're like yes please milton anyway (laughs) i was drinking patron from his bottle it was full on we end up leaving because derek was still there watching this unfold the whole time things were getting a bit questionable we had to leave it was six in the morning Get in, like, Jess and I in this cab. I open my wallet. It explodes with all these American $1 bills, a hundred US dollars worth of them. <laughs> I made money at a strip club. So good. Don't yeah. write about that. I know. But that's like, see, that isn't even rebellious, you know? It still had like a PG kind of rating to yeah, it. Yeah, it was very PG. I mean, if you'd gone home with Derek and Milton, <laughs> then we could be talk- then we'd have a good story. No. <laughs> Definitely not. I think that that's what they were angling for, though. <laughs> Definitely. You know, there's a there's a question I always ask on um, a first date. What is and it? And sometimes it goes really well and sometimes <laughs> it doesn't go well at all. It's a flop. <laughs> but I always ask if you could commit any crime and not get caught, what crime would you commit? So I'd love to know what your answer is. Oh, my gosh. If I could commit any crime and not get caught. Okay, this is the creepiest thing. I would love to break into people's homes just to look around and then leave. Are you going to take anything? No, I don't want to steal anything. I just want to see how other people live. Holly, that's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you want to know what I say? Just to to see how interested they are in me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sometimes it goes really well and they get that I'm joking and other times they freak out. Um, I always say I'd really like to murder someone. (laughs) <laughs> don't worry, they deserve it. That's the caveat I put in. I go, don't worry, they deserve it. And I said, I just want to know if I'd be able to get away with it because there's got to be a point in watching all those British crime dramas I watch. And some oh. of them look at me like, is she being serious? <laughs> and then some is- of them look at me and go like, me too. And then I'm and like. And they're usually the Scorpios. <laughs> no, well, funnily enough, Triple Water Yes. He, uh, well, not triple water, double water. He, uh, when I said that to him, I didn't say it on the first date. I waited five dates in. So he wow. knew me pretty well and he got really angry. <laughs> oh my God. I know. He was like, what? And I was like, I'm just joking. And he's like, I can't believe you just said that. And I was like, this isn't going to work because hey. I say way worse jokes than that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's like really, really, really tame. Yeah. 
really take. I wouldn't actually, actually kill someone. Do you know what? Talking about bad jokes, and we don't have to say any here, but that's probably the most not rebellious thing, but like inappropriate thing. I love an inappropriate joke and I can really push the limits with that. Yeah. What what is it about it? Is it making other people squirm? Making other people squirm and feeling the squirm in myself because it's funny. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to feel the squirm and the cringe and go, oh, like that probably wasn't great. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I feel you. I feel mm-hmm. you. I feel you. It's hard to be PG sometimes. I think you do a great job of it. Really? Yeah, I think you're ultimate PG. Thanks so much because I get nervous, especially when I go on lives. I'm like, oh, what's going to fall out this time? Like, I mean, the worst hard. thing you do is swear a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. That's something that, I mean, it's not rebellious though, is it? It's just um, a, a bit, I was going to say bogan, but I don't want to offend any bogans. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's cool to be bogan now. Like, I don't think there's anything against it. Yeah, that's true. I kind of like a bogan. <laughs> love a bogan i reckon john from survivor and lee and keith from gogglebox have really brought bogans back into the spotlight actually that is such a good point you're right yeah you and know, even angie yeah do you think angie's a bogan I well don't, i don't think she's a bogan i mean what is a bogan i don't know like, i don't know i had an ex-boyfriend who just loved that he he just thought he was a bogan he just thought that was the coolest thing to be and I guess he was now that I look back on it. I don't know, like a little bit kind of rough and tumble and a little relaxo, chill. Yeah, but and then but a bit I don't know. I wonder what the definition of bogan is. I'm gonna look Can it you up. look it up? Because sometimes I feel I'm so bogan and then other times I'm like <laughs> This is so good. Bogan is Australian and New Zealand slang for a person whose speech, clothing, attitude and behaviour are considered unrefined or unsophisticated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a full Bogan. I love that. Yeah, Angie's Bogan. She's like wearing her Ugg boots with her bachelor dress. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I don't think I'm Bogan at all. You're, you are not even a little bit Bogues. I think, um, I think I'm a bit too refined for my own good. I like it. We're meeting in the middle. I'll wave the bogan flag. You wave the etiquette flag and we'll meet in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so good. It's funny. I, I, I don't get asked as much anymore, but I used to get asked all the time, maybe when I was working in hospitality, if I was English. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I was like, no. They're like, what's your accent? I'm like, Australian. <laughs> well articulated. <laughs> Eastern Suburbs Private School Australian? I mean, I don't know. That is an actual accent, let's yeah. be real. <laughs> With a side of South African ancestry? I mean, Yo, I don't know what to say. Like, literally, you've nailed it. So funny. <laughs> so good. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind. I um, If you could have any accent in the world, what accent would you want to have? See, I was about to ask you if you could learn any language. So let's oh. do accent and then language, okay. right? Yeah. If I could have any accent, it would be... French, so sexy. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Um, accent. I'm not sure. I kind of like the um French Canadian accent. It's. I don't even know what that sounds a, like. Yeah, it's kind of like the French accent, but it's a little bit more Canadian sounding. It's really cute. I really <laughs> Can like you it. Do it. No, I can't do it. But I've got a French Canadian friend, and she said that. French people hate the French Canadian accent and French Canadian people hate the French accent. And I'm like, they sound the same to me. And then she kind of started speaking in a way to define how different they were. And I was like, oh, yeah, 
Yeah. It's kind of like it's, a softer French. I like it. Well, it's kind of like when people from Sydney and people from Adelaide sound different. People from Adelaide sound so different. Yeah. I say it to Genoa all the time. I'm like, he doesn't say want, he says want. Yeah. Or, you know, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And also people from WA, they say pillow instead of pillow. Do they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is insane. Mel- Melbourneians say Melbourne, not Melbourne. 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 Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe that's not Melbourneians. I don't think so. Maybe there's just one person from Melbourne that said Melbourne once, and I'm like, Probably. you guys are <laughs> That's wild. Um, if I could, if I could speak any language, ooh, I don't know. I'd love to be able to speak a different language. I'm terrible with languages, like terrible. I did Italian for the HSC, and I, other did than Borgiorno, I couldn't tell you anything. And I. I really struggled. Like I found it hard. I don't find learning languages easy. I think the part of your brain that can learn a musical instrument is the same part of the brain that learns languages. And I'm terrible with musical instruments as well. Me too. Me too. I tried to learn Maltese because my family is Maltese. And Maltese is a mix between Italian and Arabic. Like it is so hard. I did three months of Maltese lessons and I can't even count to 10. We hit 10, Ereba, and then I just, no idea. Wow, that was really good though. Did you get to two? What did you get to? We hit Tnan, Ereba, no, oh, three. That's good. It was really good. Car is Karotza. <laughs> Karotza. Yeah. Um, so, what language would you want to learn? I would love to speak Italian just to order like an Italian. You know that moment in Eat, Pray, Love where Elizabeth Gilbert orders in Rome the yes. meal for everyone? Like, I want it. I want that moment, but I don't think I'll ever have it. But this is it's so frustrating because my dad is like, fluent in Maltese like it that that, my whole family they just speak Maltese all the time and I can't even understand what they're saying (laughs) well it's so funny Uh, I my dad grew up in South Africa and in a Jewish family and you have to speak Hebrew and Afrikaans in in, in a Jewish South African school over there so he could speak both of them but he hasn't lived there for 35 years and so we were at my niece's bat mitzvah a few years ago and dad got up to say a prayer from the Torah. I don't even know where all these words are coming from. I'm like, no, right. <laughs> and um, it was written in Hebrew. So it was like the symbols, not – it wasn't like f- phonetic English Hebrew. No. And, and he read this massive passage and my little brother and sister and I were like, what the fuck? You're like, Dad? Dad, is that you? It was crazy. It was crazy. Do you, do you know what's weird? What we Just speaking about your dad and language and music. So my dad is a musician, right? Mm. And he can speak fluent Maltese, but he doesn't know how to read music. My dad is all by ear, all by ear. And I wonder if he's picked up on it because it was just the language spoken at home, so he had no other choice, and that's how he learned. Yeah, so, I think I think that's it. I think yeah. kids, kids can be bilingual very easily as children. Yeah, and I've always found that really interesting. When I was growing up, I had a few friends that were bilingual, and it used to confuse me because I'm like, how did they know when they were being spoken to in English and when they were being spoken to in in French? You know, like how do they decide which is what? language but they just they just do and which language do they dream in and think in yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it one of my best friends Bettina she is Australian but her father is Italian um and then she married a French man yeah and they're divorced now 
but she lives in Spain. So she can speak French, Italian, and Spanish, and they're all very similar. So Mm -hmm. she finds it quite easy. But since she's been living in, or she was, sorry, she was living in Paris for a really long time and she was working in Paris. So she had to be able to speak French and then English and then French and then English and French and then English. And then she'd go home and speak French at home. And then she, you know, like it was this, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, what are you dreaming in? And she's like, half the time I don't even fucking know. (laughs) And also, what are you thinking in? I'm like, do you speak French at work but still think in English? That is like, no, if I'm speaking French at work, I'm thinking in French. Oh, my God. it's I I just have so much respect for people who can speak more than one language. And there's this, this app. It's called Duolingo. And I've tried. Maybe I'll pick it back up again. And it's like little lessons on language every day. And it's. A free app and you just like it, it like it goes through everything and I've kept trying with French but maybe I should switch to Italian yeah definitely not Maltese definitely well, I feel not like Maltese. maybe you use Italian a little bit more yeah well it would be easier for me to understand I mean bloody hell I also think if you were in the thick of it like if you were in Italy where you wouldn't want to be right now but let's pretend you did want to be there yeah. um that is kind of I think that's how I would learn I'd have to be that's thrown so in the deep end like Ursula, our favourite, Shebe Taro, lives in Italy. I wonder if she, she would speak it fluently for sure. Yeah, I mean, we don't know much about Ursh. We don't know what's going on, but I reckon she's married to an Italian man. I think so too. And I think she has little Italian children and it just makes me love her even more. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I love her so much. Did you watch Did you watch? Not that? yet. It's I so haven't watched good. It. If you guys, I mean, you guys probably know that she bears not doing um, individual star sign tarot readings at the moment, but she is putting wonderful videos up just to kind of walk you through what's going on with the pandemic from an astrological and tarot perspective. And they're really great. She's so, I love her so much. Uh, I can't wait to be her best friend. It's going to happen after this is all over. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What if she's listening right now? Hi, Ashley. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. We love you. We love you. <laughs> all right, Holly. What is your reco this week, my friend? I know you guys have been hanging at the edge of your seat since I said it was the highlight <laughs> of my week. But, guys, here's the thing. Lately, when I find myself in times of trouble... <laughs> watch cake decorating videos (laughs) it's cake decorating videos have been my obsession for i don't know jord maybe six months now um they really i didn't put it down in the calendar when you (laughs) when you first raised it with me but i'm sure it's been it's been a time they really soothe me i don't necessarily i'm not a cake eater I just love to watch them being decorated. They really do something to me. And so I've exhausted all my online resources. I mean, hashtag how to cake it. Great Instagram. But I discovered a cake decorating show on Netflix this week. It's called Sugar Rush. And basically the premise of it is Adriana Zumbo is actually one of the judging panel. It's a, it's is that a, meant to be a plus? Well, I love him. He's a, like, he's like a Babe, freak. He stole money from all of his employers. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know this. He wasn't paying them super or something crazy like that. Adriano, but you make the best macaroons. <laughs> so he's one of the panel. I don't know if that's a selling point for any of you. Um, and then they have two other judges. It's filmed in the States. And then every week they have a different amazing pastry chef, none of whom I know. 
I'm just here for the decorating of the cakes. Yeah. And so every week it's new contestants. They so it's, start... Austra- it's an Australian show? No, it's a, it's a US show. Oh. But Adriana Zumbo is over there, obviously escaping from yes. the he created. <laughs> run from the Australian tax In his own country. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Zums. Um, can I call you that? Um, <laughs> so the premise of the show is it doesn't even matter. All that matters is just watch it for the cake decorating. Yeah. They get professionals on. So it's not like you're watching oh, someone okay. like so me trying to make tea cake. No, no, yeah. no. It's someone like you, Jord, who has, like, skills in this. Oh, no. <laughs> You've never seen me make a cake before. I have lots of skills in the kitchen. Cake making is not one of them. <laughs> Look, it's just a really – it's one of those shows that's like zero triggers in it. It's really easy to watch at a time like right now. And there's a lot of colour and light and fun. Every week is a different theme. So one week they had to make a chandelier cake that literally lit up. Another week they had to just do all of the new chocolate trends like rose chocolate. And right, I'm going to watch it. I reckon I my mum would love it. It's so great. There's like I think three seasons and they're long seasons too. I haven't finished the first one. So it's just binge-worthy. It's easy. Sugar Rush, guys, get on it. Love it. What's your reco, Jord? Well, yesterday I um, dyed my own eyelashes. And, I love you too. And I get my eyelashes dyed all the time because I've got quite fair lashes. Well, they're not fair, but they're just – well, they are. I mean, they must be because they're not dark, so they must be fair. And I look dead – or like I haven't slept in eight weeks when my eyelashes aren't dyed, and I couldn't be fucked wearing mascara. No, and I know we're all in self isolation, but I do go and get my coffee in the morning, and I've done a lot of Zoom chats with people, and I want my eyes to look fresh and fabulous. So I went to the pharmacy and bought thousand hour lash and brow tint. I bought it in blue black for my eyelashes, but you can get black, blue black, or brown. And it's so easy, guys. Like, if you've ever had your eyelashes tinted before, you know, it's a whole process. They make you close your eyes. They paint it on. It kind of stings. So I thought it was going to be the same. And I was like, how am I going to close my eyes and do my lashes when both my eyes are shut? And, you know. Yeah. But you just, you don't. You keep your eyes open and you put it on, like, mascara. So there's a mascara wand that comes in it. And there's, there's the dye and then developer that you have to like mix together and then you brush it on you put little ipads under your bottom lashes and then paint those and then you just stay with it on for 10 minutes and then you get a a wet um like cotton bud uh, not bud cotton pad pad, and you wipe it off and honestly it was so good i'm never paying to get my eyelashes done ever again and if you if you also get your brows tinted Get the brown um, one and do your brows. It's also super easy. You just paint it on and wipe it off. I love this. this you is can't so fuck cool. it up. No, and and I mean, I was thinking this the other day when I was doing my skin regime, and I'm like, gosh, so many more people are going to be like at home facialing and at home beautifying. It's that is so convenient, sure. Yeah, it's so good. I was I need a trim on my hair, but I'm I'm not that game. I'm not going to cut my own hair. If anyone could do it, I think you could. Thank you. That's what my mum said. Yeah. And she's a hairdresser. She's like, I'll talk you through it. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not that desperate. It's fine. I mean, well, you do have a half an hour window at this point. Bloody hell. What do you mean? Oh, no, they've they've taken that away. Oh, have they? Yeah. Good. That lasted two days. I know. I still don't understand. And and my mum's a hairdresser and she doesn't understand it either. I don't understand why hairdressers are part of the essential businesses. (laughs) 
And look. It's so weird. Does he have a, a family member who's a hairdresser that he wants to keep employed? Like, I just don't understand it. There's something going on behind the scenes there, for it's sure. so There's strange. Something we're not saying. I have a funny story, though, about my sister getting her eyelashes tinted for the first time. Do yeah. you want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. So this was years ago. I'm pretty sure she was still in high school, and she's gone to the beautician. She's like... I want, I want to get my eyelashes tinted. So they lay her down on the bed. They put the tint on her lashes. Her eyes are closed. And the lady said, okay, I'm just going to leave you there for about 10 minutes. I'll be back. And so Carmen, the way she explains it, she was just lying there. And she, in her head, started going, I wonder how close I am to the, to the wall. I don't know why she thought this. And so she's like, I'm going to reach my arm out to see if I can touch the wall. So she's put her arm slowly out. The lady was still in the room. <laughs> so mid, mid arm reach, the lady's like, "You okay?" And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, I've got I've got a horror lash tint story. Do you want to hear it? Yes. So I was at my beautician. This was when I was living in Bondi. And it's the most beautiful beautician. Like, you know, there's soft music playing and all the essential oils. And I know them really well. And there's all these little individual rooms that are all very tiny. And then there's like the reception out the front. And she put the lash tint on. And I'd get it done every six weeks. So it was like a standard thing. She put it on and she went out the front with the other beauticians. And they were kind of just talking out the front. And she closed the door. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was very tired and stressed. I was working in this high stress job at the time. And when I'm tired and stressed, my eyes kind of twitch and flutter. Yes. So even though my eyes were closed, they were twitching. And so the dye started to leach <gasps> into my eyes and it was stinging. And so I kind of called out. I was like, um, excuse me, you know, like <laughs> calling out her name. No one could hear me. And I was oh, no. like, it's all right, George. Like she'll be back. She'll be back any minute now, you know? And then nothing and it was getting worse and I was like hello hello and no one was coming in and I was like I "I have to go out there so I got up off the bed I'm like putting my arms out trying to find the door I'm screaming still no one can hear me and I open I managed to find the door handle god knows how I found it get myself out with dye all over my eyes eyes closed and they had like a reception area full of people And I'm like, it's in my eyes! It's in my eyes! (laughs) And she like rushes over and like puts me back in the room and she's like, back into the room. She's like, I'm so sorry, are you okay? And I was like, I'm not okay! Anyway, so she she threw me off. And my eyes, honestly, my eyelids were a bit burnt because I don't know what had happened, but they were so red and puffy. And you know what? She tried to charge me. No, she didn't. She did. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not paying for that. Like, I said, I'll be back. I'll be back because we do this all the time, but I'm not paying for that one. That was torture. I can't believe she tried to charge you. (laughs) Oh, bless. Bloody. I've never had my eyelashes or my eyebrows tinted, but But maybe I'll try the eyelashes. But your lashes are very dark hole. I don't even know if you'd notice, you know? Yeah, true. And your brows. Don't dye your brows. They're... Imagine that. Already so dark. <laughs> hey Judd, I tried with my brows. Whoa, why did you do that? Oh god. See, you can't oh you can't really see, but because my hair's red, like my natural hair colour has a red tone, my my brows can get quite gingery. Right. So no, they I, look really good. Well that's because I didn't dye them that long ago. But sometimes I just put brown on them, you know? Okay. That's yeah. a, that's a fun segment. <laughs> 
Was it a reco? It was. I don't know how we're getting to the topics we're getting to, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> Me too. It's great. We're having some laughs. We're having some having belly some laughs. laughs. Guess that celebrity name. Oh, Jordana yes. Levine, are you ready for this? I'm so ready. Guess that celebrity natal chart, Jason Bateman. For anyone that doesn't know Jason Bateman, he's most famous for his role in Arrested Development. Amazing series. Have you watched that whole? Bits of it, but not the whole thing. Oh my God, I love it so much. But he's also from Horrible Bosses. He's in Ozark, which Holly's starting to watch this week. Um, yeah. And you know his face. I actually think he's the best. I would marry Jason Bateman. I just I'm love so him. I'm so glad I chose much. him for you. I'm so glad. Because he's the director for Ozark as well. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah, he's a babe. Okay, well, guess his natal chart. Will you be saying he's a babe after this? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Stay tuned. Um, mm, okay, so when you first said Bateman to me, I did. I got two really strong feelings come through, and I don't know if either of them are right, but I'm just going to put them out there. Cool. The first one I got was Virgo. No. It doesn't fall anywhere in there. Okay. And then the no. second one I got was Sagittarius. Yes, there is a Sag placement. Okay. So I'm going to hold the Sag placement. Um, I'm also getting a little bit of Libra energy coming through. He has a couple of Libra placements in the back end, but okay, not in, but his, not in top his top three. Top three. Okay. Mm. That's all right. Okay, let me tune in properly. Is his moon Sag? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is his sun water? No. Earth. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Is his rising air? No. Okay. Oh, I can't decide on the Earth sun. Yeah. It's. It's a toughie. Is his rising also Earth? No. Okay. So then it must be water, his rising. No. Oh, it's fire. He's double fire. Yeah. Okay, he's double fire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Double so, fire Earth. Okay. Is his... Oh, I really can't decide between Capricorn and Taurus. Fuck. For, for Sun. I'm getting both those vibes. One of them is right. Yeah, I know that because it's not he's not a Virgo sun. No. So it has to be one of those. Well, I don't know. Okay, I'll come back to it. Um Fire Rising. Oh, I don't know. I wanna give you a little can I give you a little clue? Yeah. When you said rising air, I was going to say it's the closest to an air sign that isn't an air sign. Yeah, so Leo. Yeah. Okay, so he's a Leo rising. Yeah. That's his saving grace so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's not true. I actually don't mind the Sag moon. I don't know any Sag moons. Well, this is the way I look at it. Like, if you think of your Sag suns and if that was just what they had on the inside rather than in your face it'd be great that's nice that's nice <laughs> <laughs> love you nikki love you rach <laughs> no i actually love all sages me too. half I my family sage um oh fuck okay it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a guess here like okay so i'll tell you i want it to be taurus but i think it's capricorn it's Capricorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. I knew that's where you were going with it too. You're like, it cannot possibly be a Capricorn. 
he is. I mean, it makes sense too, right? Director and actor is calling all the shots. Yeah, Capricorn, Sag and Leo. I mean, he would not want to be wrong ever. No. <laughs> I don't think he could ever possibly be wrong. No. <laughs> not with a chart like that. Oh, wow, Jason Bateman. I know. I, I wonder what his other placements, like his Libra placements aren't even like redeemable placements, you know? What's his Mercury? Aquarius. And what's his Venus? Pisces. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. That is nice. That's He'd be a very romantic. He'd be very romantic. Mm. Very, with that and Leo. And what's his Mars? His Mars is Scorpio. Wow. Yes! Yeah, I'm also got – well, that wouldn't go well at all. No, no absolutely wouldn't. Scorpio. Mm. I love that this always ends up being like if they're an eligible bachelor, we're like, okay, so how well paired are we? <laughs> okay, wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, no, my dreams are shattered. <laughs> we tried to get a comedian natal chart because we had the theory last week of, you know, them having a Virgo placement, but apparently no comedians know when they're born because there were no rising signs for well, comedians. Well, it's not that the comedians don't know. It's that the website hasn't been able to hack into their birth records. It blows my mind <laughs> how many are publicly available. It's actually insane. Well, it's, yeah, it's not because the celebrity's given them the That's true. information. It's because they've gone to the hospital and asked for it. I mean, it's wild. So this was a question actually that came up in the Facebook group when I asked a bunch of you what you wanted to hear about this week. Um, and this this question got asked and the reason that we're going to talk about it is because Holly and I had only just been talking about it a few days yeah. before. So it was really interesting. Um, so it says, I'm a single gal thinking that dating is going to be a little difficult at the moment. I would love your opinion on it and how to feel that everything will be all okay and to not get too lonely. I'm craving more of these discussions as I feel I'm the only one in my circle who's single and who's figuring out how not to feel lonely when single during this weird time. Yeah. Well, George, I'm passing the baton to you because I don't have anything to say. <laughs> as, the, as the poster gal for single gals around the world. Um, no, 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 no. So Holly and I have named this segment Love in the Time of COVID. And um, we were talking about it because, mo- as most of you know, I'm writing a book at the moment about relationships and dating. And um, it's due to come out early next year, early 2021, which is actually the perfect time because I've got this theory that, you know, however long this goes on for, once we come out of it, there's going to be this new appreciation for Absolutely. dating and for connection. I think there's going to be a whole host of men who had been playing the Peter Pan single life card for a really long time, and they're going to come out of this and be like, I don't ever want to be alone again. I just want to come <laughs> I just want to hold hands. I just want to watch the sunset with you. <laughs> yeah, which is going to be so great for us. Um, but in terms of the lonely thing, there's a few things I want to remind you of. First thing is this is going to pass. It's not mm. going to be forever. And I, I totally understand it. I do. But there's a very different thing between being alone and being lonely. And what I want you to try and do during this time when you are on your own is to really concentrate on what it is that you want out of a relationship when you get out of this because this is the perfect time for self-reflection and self-awareness. And if there's one piece of dating advice that I give everybody, it's work on yourself 
first because that mm-hmm. is what's most important. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting in loneliness, it's a sense of um, scarcity and lack and fear. And mm-hmm. there's not, there's actually nothing to fear at the moment. You're not going to be in this forever. You're not going to be alone forever. So mm-hmm. in terms of the, the loneliness that might be eating you up or just even being alone, not wanting to be alone at this time, what I've been doing is lots of Zoom dates with friends and family. Yeah. Actually seeing them. Like, it's so funny. You know, I hate phone calls usually. So do you. Like, we're like, I oh my God, them. please don't call me. But everyone's been calling my phone and, and I've actually been loving it. Like, I've had more phone conversations this week than I've had the entire year. Same. And <laughs> how fun is a Zoom date with a glass of wine? I had one with Nikki this week. It was great. It's the best. And like, I had a birthday party, Zoom party yesterday with a couple of girlfriends and we were all in different countries. And that was really fun as well. So, you know, making the time to do that. But in terms of being a single girl and worried about relationships and, oh, my God, how am I ever going to meet one, you know, at this time? It's like, well, you don't have to meet someone just yet. No. You don't know how long we're going to be in this for. But while you're in it, why not make the most of it and get really super clear about what who who you want to be in the next relationship and what you're looking for. Because when you come out of this, that is the frequency that you're going to be vibrating on. And that is so powerful. That's magnetic, right? That is attraction. I actually had a reading with a listener yesterday. I'm not going to say her name, but she had started seeing someone uh, and then this has happened and he's gone to be with his family. He's in different a different state now and it's like oh this was early stages like what's going to happen at the end of this and what came up in the reading and what I think is really important to remember is that this is just a build of anticipation so if you're early stages with someone don't put it on the back burner get to know them more have the dates flirt maybe send a sexy pic if that's your thing like allow yourself to actually have fun with this experience of building totally. anticipation and getting to know someone without it having to be about the physical contact right away as well. Honestly, I think, I mean, I, I'm all about communication and conversation. So this would be the perfect time for me. If I'd already started dating someone, I would, my advice would be to do Zoom dates with them, have the glass of wine, have dinner over Zoom and like really get to know them. It's funny. I got a message from Bumble yesterday, which I showed Holly and I thought it was really interesting. So they've sent it to everyone on Bumble, but it says, hi, Jordana, we want, to, we want to help keep you safe. We encourage you to please take your dates virtual. Use our video chat and voice call features in the app to connect from home. Please don't meet your Bumble matches in real life for now. And then sign, signed off from the CEO of Bumble, which I have to share her name because it is so funny. Her name is Whitney Woof Heard. <laughs> it's a celebrity name. It's a Hi. crazy name. Hello, good night. I'm Whitney Woof Heard. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I'm Can so I say jealous. on the flip side of this for the couples listening, it's interesting because it's like on the other side, you are kind of with them 24 7. And it's the other end of the extreme, right? It's like making sure that you have time in a separate room sometimes or like the space because I can feel that, I mean, I feel it just in general when you have so much of one person. You know what? It doesn't even matter if it's couple or you're living with your family or whoever it is, a housemate. It's making sure you also have that space for self, like what George was saying, to self-reflect, to work on your own stuff, to not be so tied up in being 
in inverted commas, stuck with somebody. So there's that side of it as well. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like I, I have thought about all, I've actually thought about all of my ex-boyfriends in the last week. And I was like, I wonder which one of them I could have tolerated being in self-isolation with. (laughs) It's a big deal. And I honestly couldn't tell you one. I think people are getting really nostalgic this week, George, because I've had a few people say they've been going through photo albums and reflecting on past loves and having that same kind of curiosities pop up. Yeah, well, I think it's just an interesting social experiment because if I if I think about it, I, I but I, I'm such a loner, like I, I really love spending time on my own. So I'm not sure if there's anyone who I wouldn't get frustrated with, just as someone would get frustrated with me. It's a, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's a lot. So there's this Chris Lilly meme doing the rounds that I actually really love. Uh, he's so funny and he's adapting all the memes to COVID. And it's it's day one of quarantine. And he slash she, his character, is making a tea for her husband, Terry. And she's stirring it really slowly. She's going, Terry, you make me really merry. And then day two, it's like day two of quarantine. Make your own fucking cup of tea, you fat fuck. <laughs> giving me life at the moment those ones of the dogs looking nostalgic well not nostalgically like looking back at 2020 when someone mentions 2020 and they've got those dogs with like the crazy eyes and they're like oh my god or where it's like grandson grab me a beer yeah dad uh yeah granddad but all we have left is corona and then the dog's eyes are like what <laughs> flashback PTSD oh no not okay it's just been so great uh if it wasn't for the memes I would have deleted um Instagram by now but they actually get me through well we need to laugh we actually need the laughter and that's why us showing up and doing the potty every week it's like we're gonna keep bringing the lols to you guys yeah it's so important isn't it it's funny last night um I usually always watch something on tv at night just for something to do but last night I was like Anything I watch, even if it's like Gogglebox, is triggering me at the moment. So I just put music on last night and sat here with, you know, some dim lights and some music and did a little bit of writing and just kind of chilled out. And I honestly had the best sleep. So that's definitely what I'm going to be doing in the night times from now on. Well, something else we're going to do in the nighttime, Jord, is we, for our middle members, are going to host a wine night. Yes. This is so true. Wine not. Um, well, I've got a, a fresh wine delivery to crack into. Yeah, Jordan and I were like, well, we, we want to do a little Zoom and wine catch up next week. So, well, th- this week by the time the potty's in the ears. So why don't we invite you guys to join us? So we're going to just fa- jump in the Facey group, go live. You guys can join us. You don't have to have a glass of wine with you. You can have a tea, a cacao, whatever, water, you Kombucha. know. Yeah, a bit of booch. Um, we're just going to have a chat. It's not a coaching call at all. It's just a time to connect and catch up. So that'll be fun. So it'll be fun. So if you're not a middle member yet, you know how to become one. Oh, yeah. Click the link in the show notes of this episode or you can find the link in our Instagram bio or you can find the link in the middle Facebook group. A new energy reader's gone up as well. So Oh yeah. Get fun. excited. I've got a new deck of cards. I um I went to my mum's earlier this week and I sent a photo to Holly. It's so funny. I was in her garage and mum's got like all of these um big like storage tubs. And yeah. I was looking through them and it was like 
books, art, because mum was an artist for a while, art, you know, painting supplies, and then there's this box labelled tarot. Huge box. Huge. I was like, mum, what the fuck is in there? And she's like, just all my my cards. And I opened it up and it was like, I've never seen anything like it. It was like every oracle deck you could ever imagine, plus like all the medicine cards, sacred soul cards. She had runes in there. I was like, right, I'm taking those. These are mine Um, now. (laughs) Yeah, and she had – um. Like these bones as well, like really creepy oh stuff. She God. had like these bones from Africa, and like it was just, it was crazy. It anyway, was very so Norse. I yes, well the runes are Norse. I haven't learned how to use them yet, but once I learn how to use them, we'll use them in an energy reading. Oh, so good. But I'm going to pull. Well, what I did pull for the energy read this week is the medicine cards. Yes, they're really oh, great. Love them. Love. Yeah. So fun. You've been listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. Find us on Instagram at the underscore middle underscore podcast. Find us on Facebook. Just search The Middle Podcast. And if you want to become a middle member, you know what to do. Hit the link in our Instagram bio or hit hit the link in the show notes of this episode. Until next week. Sailor Moon out. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 